Gideon. You have something I want. You may think you have some idea what you are in possession of, but you do not. Soon, he will be back with me. He means more to me than you will ever know. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I mean, terrified, humiliated, not even understanding why in that moment that this is happening to me. I watched that video. Party Crashers, this is Jerry Jones. Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. However you found us and wherever you decided to find us, I am so very glad you did. Please do us a favor, please rate, review, subscribe um, to the show so you don't miss another one of these fine episodes. And should you give us a rating, please give us five stars, will you? Because five stars feels like love, four stars feels like the friend zone. Um, hey, guess what? We've got not just one vaccine, we've got two. Uh, yesterday, on Sunday, I'm recording on a Monday um, instead of Sunday. There's a whole interesting backstory that will require drinks over Zoom. I will spare you the details, okay? It's not that interesting. I think I'm just pining for Zoom happy hours at this point. Um, because that, feels, that also feels like love. I think in, in 2020... What passes as love, <laughs> uh, I, I think, um, you know, has certainly shifted. And we'll see, like, what the vaccine does to all of that. Are, are, aren't you all curious, by the way? I've just to finish that thought. Zoom happy hours. I mean, that's kind of how we, that's how we do friendship these days. Or if you've got a pod. Um, I've got a pod. We've got a pod uh, with, with one family um, that we do stuff with. But yeah, Zoom happy hours are, are about as good as it gets. Um, did a Zoom re recital. Um, my niece had a recital um, on Friday, this past Friday. And I got to tell you, doing a recital, especially a piano recital, kids recital over Zoom, I got to tell you, man, in 2021, I don't think we need to be going back to the old way. Um, we did stick around for all the other performances, but not having to, you know, to do the whole thing, trying to find a parking spot and pretending to be interested in all the other, um, performances. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying you should pretend. I, I am saying that you should genuinely be interested in all the other performances, but you know, I really only came to see Millie. Um, that was great. But Zoom happy hour, Zoom recital, 
the Zoom recitals can stay. The Zoom um, happy hours, I can kind of do without that. Um, even though I will say, um, I don't miss, I don't miss the office Christmas parties. I really don't. It is so nice not to have to do the whole networking and schmoozing thing. But we've got two vaccines. The Moderna vaccine rolled out yesterday uh, on a Sunday. And um, so Pfizer vaccines, the, the thinking is that most, most of the, the consumers of the Pfizer vaccine will be larger cities. Moderna, which is easier to store, uh, will be going to kind of rural parts um, of, of, of the states. Um, we're coming off, I say we like to collectively, but there is a, there is a subsection of us who this weekend had a glorious weekend. And the reason why we can say that we had a glorious weekend in the midst of the most jacked up year of our lives, well, I shouldn't make that generalization because things happen in our lives that make something jacked up, but collectively, this is probably the worst year collectively that we've had. The reason why we could say we had such a glorious weekend and such a crappy-ass year was because for most of us who are big Star, Star Wars fans, or those, so big Star Wars fans would look at me and go, you're not really a big Star Wars fan. You're kind of like a, what would the, what would the um, martial arts version um be of, of my Star Wars fandom, I would probably be a green belt. I don't know all the belts, but I would probably be a green belt. But those of us who are Star Wars fans had a glorious, glorious weekend because of the season two finale of The Mandalorian. And I will tell you that even if you're not a fan of Star Wars, even if you haven't watched all the movies, um, you could be a fan of this show, The Mandalorian. If you're not familiar with The Mandalorian, you might be more familiar with Grogu. Um, most of you may know Grogu as Baby Yoda. Okay, so The Mandalorian is the show that features little Baby Yoda, and. This season, um, and in particular, wow, the last two episodes. I could, honestly, I could point to all eight episodes of the season, and I'm not trying to, to geek out over The Mandalorian, even though I'm kind of geeking out over The Mandalorian. The reason why we had such a glorious weekend, this episode was truly, and really the season, feels like a microcosm of the entire year of 2020. I mean, think about 2020. Think about the very beginning of 2020. It was full of promise. It's like, okay, it's January. It's, you know, it's 2020. There's something about the number 2020. Uh, here in Kansas City, diehard football fans, you know, the, the year got off to a really good start. You know, there are many of us who, 
you know, kind of had thoughts of like, man, this year could really be the last year, this last year in the reign of, of tyranny. And then we got into late February, early March, and things just fell apart, right? And that's kind of, that's kind of how season two of The Mandalorian started. Started off on a high note because season two, um, and then there, you know, there's a couple episodes and you're like, these are great, but what the hell are they pointing to? And all sorts of things are happening to our essential characters. Um, you know, just one thing after another. Um, and then for those of us who watched the show, episode seven, like our hearts broke. And what you heard, the audio what of what you heard in the beginning was from episode seven of season two of The Mandalorian, which our protagonist, who we'll just call The Mandalorian, was, you know, basically telling the um, antagonist um, how things were going to go down. And boy, did it go down. And I purposely did not include any audio from episode eight because I recognize that some of you uh, aren't complete dorks and have lives and maybe you haven't seen the season finale yet, but I will say, please hurry up and watch it. It is one of the most cool things that's ever happened within the Star Wars universe. But this season, and in particular this episode, really captured the heart of, of this year because as crappy of a year as it's been, and this isn't a year-end show, by the way, even though it probably could be, it's not a year-in show, but kind of you know we're getting to that place where we're kind of reflecting on the year, and we're beginning to project on onto twenty twenty one what we'd like to see. Um, we're ending the year on a very strong note, don't you think? We're getting a new president. I mean that doesn't happen every day, right? We got it for un, under our holiday tree. We got a new president under our holiday tree. We have uh, two vaccines. I mean, as far as a holiday season goes, I'd say that's uh, I'd say that's winning. Um, if you don't really have a life, we also have under the tree like people like me who are who are I'm also a green belt probably for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But starting here in like three weeks, we get a new MCU show on Disney+. Plus. This is not an advertisement for Disney+, Plus, but I guess, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. Disney+, Plus is where it's at right now. New shows coming on the Disney+. Plus. Super excited about that. So lots of things uh, going in our favor into 2021, but yet we're still here in 2020 and as you heard from the audio there are some things that we still still need to deal with excuse me i got a little sniffle there as far as i know don't have the virus um but it is cold and flu season just a little sniffle um i did sneeze um yesterday I made some um, chicken quesadillas, and um, 
I don't. All right. Little advertisement. Okay. My new favorite place uh, to go. Not obviously room thirty nine is my favorite place to eat. Any for anything really. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Though I probably should get in there for dinner more. But my favorite place to get food, to get things to cook at home, is a place called Yoli Tortilleria. Yoli, Y-O-L-I, Tortilleria. They're at Yoli Tortilleria on Instagram. I'm not sure if they're on Facebook or not. I'd be surprised if they weren't. And um, the best tortillas, um, best sauces, you know, their horchata is amazing. Their tamales are amazing. So I made chicken quesadillas using some of their flour tortillas and, you know, cooking up some chicken. I didn't cook up the chicken. I took a Costco rotisserie chicken. And this is not a cooking show, by the way. And I just, you know, added some of the, you know, sauces from Yoli and cut up some, you know, vegetables and whatnot and made, you know, quesadillas. Anyway, favorite place to go. Those are my favorite places to go. And I'm not even <laughs> really sure uh, where um, where to where I was going with that. Where was I? This is what see. This is what happens. This is you know. So one of the things they say, in you know one of the one of the side effects of um, of COVID is brain fog. I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but back in January. Uh, so I work for an insurance company. I know that's shocking. Uh, I, I, I run a team that's focused on health equity and addressing <clears throat> the root causes of, you know, of, of inequity, which are, you know, structural racism, you know, sexism, classism, those sorts of things. So we are very much um, the black sheep of the, um, of the insurance family. But um, back in January, there was a bug and I'm using air quotes here, that swept through our company and more specifically um, swept through the floor that my team is based on, the fourth floor. And for about three weeks, people left and right. At one point, I feel like almost, I don't know, at least 70% of the people on that floor caught this bug and... Um, people would refuse to meet on our floor. Uh, I was knocked out. Most of my team was knocked out. Um, we had a few people not on my team, but others who were hospitalized. And we just assumed it was the flu. Um, there were a couple folks on the floor who'd gotten tested for the flu and tested negative. We didn't know what it was. I'm pretty sure with the side effects that I've had over these, you know, going on... 11 months. Um, I'm pretty sure I had COVID. Um, I think that's why I take it so seriously. Um, but yeah, I don't even, again, don't know where I was going with the whole stuffle thing. Anyway, but 2020, finishing strong. There are some things, though, that need to be addressed. And uh, part of the sound that you heard, um, you heard the sound of. Uh, a bunch of voices saying, first in the room, back of the line. What they were saying, those were residents at um, Stanford, I believe it's Stanford Medical Center. 
not residents as in people who, you know, you know who I'm talking about, residents, doctors, new doctors. And apparently there were several thousand doses of the Pfizer vaccine that were allocated to the center. And of course they're there to, to, to um, vaccinate their frontline medical staff. And so it's Stanford. So they have an algorithm because, you know, Stanford. Well, their algorithm of the several thousand doses that they received, only five, y'all can fact check me on this. It was not, it was in single digits, the number. I believe the number I read was five. Um, but only five total residents. These are kind of your new doctors, your doctors in training. Only five were on the list to receive the vaccine. That's crazy, right? And so what you heard were these medical students who had, um, had gone to the administration to protest. Um, you also heard sound um, after you heard The Mandalorian. Um, you heard sound from um, a woman who was recounting an incident. Uh, she was a Chicago woman. Uh, you may have seen parts of the video or, or maybe the whole video. And Jeanette Young, uh, back in 2019, her uh, home was um, raided by police. And um, they were in the wrong house. She was quite literally naked and afraid. She was unclothed at the time that police entered the room. And they wouldn't even allow her to put clothes on before they handcuffed her. So she was handcuffed naked. You know, and you hear the conversations all the time, and I, I think there's 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 much validity to it. That the most vulnerable human beings in the United States is a black woman. And this video and this whole scenario does nothing to dissuade um, from that um, from that um, popular opinion. And I don't mean popular isn't good. I just mean like widely held belief. And um, as a father of a young black woman, you know, a scene like that just scares the crap out of me. Um, it really does. You also heard audio from a woman, Florida woman, uh, Rebecca Jones. Uh, she was a scientist working. She is a scientist. She was working for the state of Florida and she was on the team responsible for reporting um, COVID numbers. And um, what happened is that she, she was ultimately fired by the state for her unwillingness to fudge with the numbers. Her desire to speak publicly and be truthful with the numbers as to what was happening with COVID. Um, Florida man, Governor Ron DeSantis, clearly didn't like that. Why she was being, why her home was raided was she was being accused of having used a, a state-sponsored server, which they say she did not have legal access to, to send an email 
to her former colleagues. She denies the charges. The point was, and what you couldn't see, was that there were guns drawn on her, and ultimately they drew guns on her small children and her husband. And I'm sure, I don't know, some of you are thinking, what the hell does any of this have to do? Because <laughs> normally what I try to do is like the sounds that um, that I shared in the beginning of the show, there was a there's a theme, not necessarily a theme, but at least you know I'm going to talk about them. But for this particular episode, you're probably wondering, what the hell does any of those sounds have to do with The Mandalorian? And uh, the thing that, <coughs> well, first of all, I just wanted to, to talk about The Mandalorian. Second of all, the reason why I chose that clip, though, is... While we have an eye on 2021, there are things that are happening in 2020 and there are things that we want to see happen. There are things that we have acted upon that we expect to see happen in 2021 and over the next few years. And the soundbite from the Mandalorian to me is so pertinent for where we are now and where we're trying to go. Um, because in order to get the things that we want, we are going to have to do a few things in order for that to happen. And we've done. We've done some of those things. I mean, think about this for a second. When we think about 2020 and we think about the awfulness that is 2020, I want you to stop and think for a second that more than 80 million people Different walks of life, different skin colors, different upbringings, some rich, some poor, mostly working class, um, some Christian, some Muslim, some agnostic, some atheist, some cisgender, some LGBTQA, um, 80 million people from different walks of life flex their collective muscle to get the thing that they wanted and needed, which was change. We use the power of the vote to literally change the direction that this country is going in. And I would suggest even save, to actually save this country from becoming the absolute worst um, worst version of ourselves. We made that happen. And in 30 days, we are going to begin to reap the benefit of that work. And yet, there are things that we want that we are going to have to work for. And so in the clip, you'll notice that the clip starts with our protagonist naming the, the enemy by name. And these clips, you know, one, it's a clip around just over-policing and the racialization of policing, right? 
and not just policing, and actually less to do with policing and more to do with just structural and systemic racism and sexism, right? That I, we don't want to see that. When we, when we return from, I, it's really, it is very much like returning from exile, right? That when we return to life as we knew it before COVID, there are certain things that we just can't return to. And we got to name those things. And so Mandalorian named Moff Gideon and told Moff Gideon, there is, you have something I want. So I think it's time that we start naming racism, that we start naming sexism, economic exploitation, homophobia, misogyny, xenophobia, right? Um, we have to begin to name those things and we have to begin to declare the thing that we expect. That's what the Mandalorian did in the um, in 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 this episode, episode seven, and I can't tell you what happens in episode eight. Just like I can't tell you what's going to happen in our episode eight, which is twenty twenty one. But I do know this. I do know this. I think that you you the listener have things that you want to see happen, things that you expect to see happen. Um, not only for the community at large, but for yourself, um, for your family, for, um, for the people around you. And in the same way that we use the power of the vote uh, in November, we're now going to have to use everything in our power, A, to get over the virus. So if we want to even begin to address those things that we just named, we have to get past the virus. So I this is a this is kind of a public service announcement. Look, I know we're all over the map on how we feel about the vaccine. Some of us think it's not trustworthy. Some, you know, honestly, I I would take, I would, they could shoot me anywhere they wanted with the vaccine and I would take it. Okay. And then there are some who just kind of like laissez-faire. Here's the thing. We, we all need, if you, if you, if you can get access to the vaccine, you got to take it, do it for us. That's number one. Okay. We got to do that. But then we're going to have to do the other stuff. We're going to have to do the other stuff and the other stuff, um, is going to be hard. So um, our central character in The Mandalorian, um, the thing that he wanted was to get his child back. I mean, imagine, imagine that Mel Gibson movie, and uh, what was it? It was Ransom. Where he's like, "Give me back my son," right? Honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I never saw that movie. Right, I I never saw it, but that's that that iconic scene. 
But getting back something that you've lost, getting someone back that you've lost, is extraordinarily difficult. And even though we've got a new president, getting back to a place of common decency, getting back to a place where we can have reasoned public discourse, and then getting to a place we can't. So there, here, there are certain things that we that we just can't get back to. We can't get back to a society that was not racist. America's never been there before. America literally doesn't know how to not be a racist country. We can't go back to. But we also, but so we we also can't go back to being racist. Right? America will not be able to go back to being a non-sexist or anti-sexist country. We have never been anti-sexist in the same way we've never been anti-racist. Those things are new. But we have to do them because we cannot go back to being sexist, to being misogynistic. We can't go back to being non-xenophobic or anti-xenophobic. We can't go back to being a society that didn't exploit its workers. We have never been that country before. All of this will be new. And the only way we will ever be able to get those new things, those new things, and this, these aren't new shiny toys. These are new and there's not an adjective to put that's strong enough to denote how necessary those things are, but we're it's that necessary. And so the message is from the Mandalorian that you're going to have to do some things that we're not comfortable with, and most importantly, just like the vaccine, that is the byproduct of thousands upon thousands of scientists from multiple disciplines, multiple countries, multiple languages, multiple cultures coming together to make this happen. And in the same way we came together um, to vote in a new president, if we thought voting in a new president was difficult, A, getting 70% of America to accept the vaccination, to take it, that's going to be difficult, and we're going to need each other to do that. And then doing the things that this country has taken steps toward in the past. We've taken steps towards anti-racism. We've taken steps towards anti-sexism. But now it is time to keep moving forward and not taking any steps back. We're going to need each other to do that. And we're going to need to be able to, to do things that, do the, do the things necessary for innovation. Because what I'm talking about is very much social innovation. Becoming anti-racist, becoming anti-sexist, becoming anti-economic, um, um, exploitive, becoming anti-homophobic, uh, becoming anti-xenophobic. Um, that is going to require us to not only to be willing to collaborate and innovate, but develop the skill set to do it. And it's going to be difficult. We all have interests. 
We all have different ideas of the world. We all have ideas on who should be in charge. We have different ideas on messaging. We have different ideas on policy priorities and budget priorities. And we're going to have to navigate our way through that. And so the work of 2021 is getting back to the place of decency, where we, can, where we know decency exists as a concept. And then it's the work of making decency actionable into the very things that we want to see happen. We want to be anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-exploitive, anti-homophobic, anti-xenophobic. We want a community that is for us, by us. We can do it. But it's going to take a lot of work. But that's 2021. Um, listen, I'm going to square up with you now. Now that <laughs> now that we're coming up on the end. Uh, I had some microphone issues um, yesterday. I recorded three different episodes. Each time had a little glitch. I'm recording without a, a microphone. So I, I'm sure I sound a little different. Um, but get, I just ordered a new microphone. And I'm excited for it. Um, I just want, I'm saying all that to say, thank you for being around. I, I wanted to deliver for you on Sunday. Um, sorry to have kept you waiting. Um, but look, it's 2020, man. We adapt, we improvise, we overcome, and we either, you know, make a way or find a way or make one, right? Um, this is going to be the last episode, um, uh, before Christmas, um, and so Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah for everyone celebrating Hanukkah. Um, my, my wish, my holiday wish for you is to be as kind and as gracious and generous to yourself as you are with others. I imagine that most of you who are listening are, are very, fo very focused on others, your givers, your doers. And I would ask you to extend that same level of love to yourself as you do others. And um, that's it. That's it. And and I hope that this time is filled with joy. There will be there will be at least one more show before the end of the year. Um, but thank you for hanging out. Um, and I, just real quick, listen. Holidays are already tough. I know a lot of us are doing you know, very scaled back, you know, either with our family or some of you may be alone. Um, make sure you check in on your best people. Um, just make sure they're okay. Um, and, you know, and, and if you got to be around people, you know the drill. Wear a mask. Um, be socially distant. And uh, I don't know. Practice good judgment. That's all I got, folks. I'm going to catch y'all on the flip side on the next episode of The Uninvited. Peace.